my heart. Every He's going to go work downstairs um, to feed you guys. <laughs> Every, um, I don't know what I was going to say, but whatever the case, um, oh, yeah, every day, every day this week, God has been reminding me about love and what it really is every single day. And whether that means I'm being stretched, <laughs> I preach what I learn, okay? And so whether that means I'm being stretched in an area and growing in an area or, um, or he's just, you know, leading and guiding and teaching what love really is, what love really looks like according to God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is, um, you know, yes, we all can sing, we love you, you know, we love you, and, and he loves us, but, um, which is powerful. Um, but God wants us to learn his kind of love. How many of you know natural human love is totally different than God's kind of love? Yeah. So 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love never, this is God's kind of love, love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. And so <laughs> we all know natural human love gives up, doesn't it? It throws in the towel sometimes, a lot of times. Um, um, sometimes doesn't have hope, doesn't have, have trust, and, and doesn't endure through circumstances, you know? And so that's why I'm so thankful that God's love is totally totally more powerful than natural human love. And guess what? We've got the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. That means we can love beyond what our natural human state of mind or state of heart can do because we've got God's love. If we let his love live through us, we can love the way God loved us. Amen. Um, and so God's love doesn't lose hope. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are thankful that God's love is new every morning? His mercies are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. Amen. And so um, God's love doesn't lose hope. In fact, this world looked hopeless. But God's love said, I will make a way. He said, I love them so much, I'm willing to give them my best, my one and only son. And when he sheds his blood like a blanket of love, it will wash away their sins. And it'll make them white as snow. It'll make them right in my sight. That's some powerful love. And, and listen, he didn't do it because you were doing good that week. He didn't do it because you're a teacher's pet that week. He didn't do it because, oh, this is like the best week ever. I'm going to go ahead and do this because they're doing really good. He did it when you're at your worst. So think of your worst day ever. Maybe you don't want to think about that. But whatever the case, it's under the blood. <laughs> Amen. Because of love. Because God loved you so much. Your worst day ever is under the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's him not giving up on you. Amen. And that's the God kind of love. It never loses hope. It always thinks the best, always forgives. And, and, you know, as I was reading about God's kind of love, I was like, man, you really set the bar really high. And I have a lot of work to do. Amen? But that's not just me and my own strength. That's by the power of the Spirit. He helps us to see what love is. We get conviction in our hearts and in our lives to live up to God's standard. Amen? To yield to the Holy Spirit, to let that kind of love live in and through us. So I'm so happy that God didn't lose hope when we didn't deserve it, he still died for us. Isn't that awesome? He laid down his life for us. In 1 John 1, 9, he says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. That is love. That is love. You know, I don't know about you, but if, if you've ever had someone say they're sorry to you or ask for forgiveness, I've been in a place where... I didn't feel like reciprocating. <laughs> I didn't feel like responding in what God does, which is love and forgiveness and not holding it against them. Like, you know, I wanted to hold on to that for a little bit. <laughs> but that's not God's way. Thank God. He doesn't want to hold a grudge. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, turn a cold shoulder to you. He loves us. And when we go and, and we do what his word says and we confess our sin and he's faithful and, for, you know, he forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness because of his love. Because of his love. Amen. So I think about, um, 
I'm not going to go through all these stories, but I was just thinking about different times that Jesus showed like the true God kind of love. And one of the times that I was thinking about was, um, and this is right at the end of his life, but the man on the cross next to him. I mean, he lived a horrible life through his whole life. And, um, and at the end, right there next to Jesus, he confesses that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus, his love, which was about to be shed, covers that sin and says, I'll see you in paradise. He lived the worst life. Maybe you lived the worst life you could have lived. Maybe not so much because you're in church today. But maybe you could have done better. But God's love covers it. If he can cover the man next to him on the cross who was about to go to hell because of the way he lived, his love covers a multitude of sins. His love makes us right because he loves us so much he wishes that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. So this love is so big and it's so powerful that it covers sin and it reconciles us to himself. That's some powerful love, amen? So Jesus accepted the man who lived his life as a murderer, as a sinner. Um, I think about the woman at the well. He's not telling her good things about herself. He's telling her, you've had five marriages, and they've all failed. And now you're living with somebody who's not your husband. I mean, she's in blatant sin, yet God's extending his love towards her. And he says, come to me and drink of me, and you'll never be thirsty again. What is he doing? He's saying, my love will cover you. My love covers you, and you will be accepted. Love accepts. Love forgives. Love doesn't hold against her all the wrong that she had done in her life. That's the true love of God. And, and, and you know, the enemy is the one who condemns. The enemy is the one who tries to get us down um, for, for our mess-ups. But God's love when we are willing to confess our sin, his love forgives us. His mercies are new every morning. He, he wraps us in his arms. I think about the prodigal son. I mean, each one of us, you know, we're children of God, but sometimes we choose to live the wrong way. We choose to go outside of, of, of the boundaries of what God wants us to live like or what God wants us to, to do. And, and, you know, really, he says, if you love me, you keep my commands. So we're walking outside of love even towards God. But if we will surrender, like we did kind of last week, if we will lay down our life and say, Lord, I want your love. I, I, I welcome your love. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you for mercy. He wraps his loving arms around us, and he accepts us. The prodigal son is a perfect illustration of how the enemy tries to bring condemnation if we mess up. But God, in his love, is ready to welcome us with open arms if we'll come to him. Amen? Then I think about the woman who they were about to stone, and Jesus was standing there. And uh, his response, well, according to the law of Moses, she could have been stoned. It was the word of God. But God, through Jesus, was here as love. <laughs> Everything that he did was motivated by love, not condemnation, not, not um, judgment. You know, it was love. And, and so out of his heart came compassion and love. Maybe he knew the whole story why she was living that way. Because guess what? Sometimes things happen to people and it allows spirits in that cause them then to, to live their lives in a certain way. And they just need love and freedom. So anyways, God knows the beginning to the end. And, and so, so he doesn't condemn her that day. He writes in the sand and he says, he who is without sin casts the first stone. What is that showing us? That love doesn't judge. That's God's job to judge. So love doesn't point a finger at what someone's done wrong. Well, love might correct in love, but it doesn't point a finger saying, look at what you've done. Love accepts. 
love forgives. Love is willing to embrace someone who's willing to confess and surrender. Amen? So that's what he did for that woman who they were about to stone. He accepted her. He loved her. She became a follower of Christ because of love, not because of judgment. And so I don't know about you, but through these examples, my heart's just like, well, I have some work to do. (laughs) How would I respond if I found out someone's having an affair? How would I respond if I found out the person next to me is a murderer? You know, that's what Jesus found out. That guy's a murderer. Jesus found out this woman's living a lifestyle of affair, and the other woman also very promiscuous. But his love still covered it. How far-reaching is our love? Are we letting our natural human love be the one in charge, or are we letting the love of God be the one that leads us and guides us and 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 responding to what other people um, are going through in life. I look at David, the man after God's own heart, but yet we know what David went through, and we know the sin and the downfalls of David, yet God calls him a man after his own heart. Why? He's willing to repent. He's willing to turn from his mistakes and say, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because we know sin causes um, conviction. Sin causes things to be cloudy where we feel an absence of the presence of God. And so David was feeling that, and he's uh, feeling guilty, and the enemy is condemning him for, for his life of sin. But David comes to repentance. And turns from that, showing God he loves him. And God in turn says, I love you. You're a man after my own heart. So that shows us somebody who's willing to to turn from that life and turn to the love of God. Is someone that is a man or a woman after God's own heart. Amen. What is God's own heart? It's love. It's forgiveness. It's mercy. And we all needed it, right? We all need it. And it's powerful. And I think that sometimes uh, we judge and, and we make the decision what we think people need in order that they can be corrected or that in order that they can get on the right path. But the thing is, is God's the only one who can change anybody. And his way is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. He didn't say judgment covers the multitude of sins. He said love. He said we'll reach them by his love. So judgment of the world or judgment of your brothers and sisters in Christ are not going to help turn them. But love, somehow, some way, just because it's that powerful, turns people to God. Look at the woman at the well. She turns to God. Look at the woman who he's writing in the sand and they're about to to stone her. She turns to God. Look at the man on the cross. He turns to God. All because of love. God's love. But look at the people that were judging the woman who was about to be stoned. Look at the people. Now, the law said that that man should die on the cross. But look at the people. They're ridiculing him all to the very last breath. But yet God's love said something different. And so you see the, the controversy and, and the difference between natural human love and God's kind of love. Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And here's the thing is it's not just for him to do, for him to show love that kind of love, but, but we're to be Christians, we're to be Christ-like in how we walk in love towards others. The Word of God says that we are to love the way he first loved us. How did he love us? He loved us. He laid down his life even when we didn't deserve it. He loved us. He shed his blood when we were yet still in sin. His love forgave. 
hallelujah. His love doesn't hold our sins against us and, and, and repeatedly remind us of all the problems we've been through. Love covers it and washes it away as far as the east is from the west. He says he will remember our sins no more. Who is guilty of not doing that? I am. <laughs> Sometimes we bring back up the sin of our loved one. And we bring back up the, the failures of our friends or, our, or even our foes and we bring it back up. But the thing is, is that's not God's kind of love. And that's not going to change the situation for you. But if you will start to walk in God's kind of love the way he first loved us, forgiveness, not holding things against them, not reminding them of things done wrong, God can intervene somehow. I don't know how. He does it, though. And I'm going to show you from the Word of God as well. In John 15, 12, and 13, he says, This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. So I think that, and not to, not, I'm not bringing condemnation on you, but I think that Christianity even as, as, as humanity we have failed in this area. We have failed because not realizing that our response is thinking that we're in, we have a right to respond. We have a right for, for things that have done, been done wrong. We have a right to, to react in a certain way. But the thing is, God's kind of love doesn't act like that. It doesn't respond like that. And so God expects us to love the way he first loved us. And so I just think about, at least I'll just talk about myself, how, how I feel that I have sorely failed at times with my responses or with my judgments or with my, um, the way I've reacted to things. And so like I said, every day for a while now, God is teaching me to let the love of God shine through me, not my natural human love. How many times have we held something against someone for their past? How many times have we held unforgiveness in our hearts for things that have been done wrong to us? How many times have we allowed offense to set in because someone's hurt us or done, done us wrong? All these things we feel justified in, yet it's still not right. It's not God's love. And, and we talk about walking in the presence and the glory of God, but the thing is, is everything that Jesus walked in was motivated by the love of God. And so we cannot walk in that kind of power and anointing unless we first walk in the love of God because it's the motivation factor. It's the motivating force behind the, the, the um, miracles and the signs and the wonders is that love and compassion is, is compelling Jesus, is drawing Jesus to people who are hurting, who are lost, who are dying. It's not about me, but it's about him. It's about sh showing the people the way to Jesus. And that's what love does. Love by the shedding of the blood of Jesus, paved a way. It rolled out the red carpet, if you will, to Jesus. It rolled out the red carpet to the throne room of God so that we would know the way. That's what love does. When we show people love, we roll out the red carpet and show them the way to the throne room. Isn't that cool? I'm just trying to throw out some things how we may have missed it at times. Um, how many have lost our temper? Well, love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. Um, I'm guilty. And God's teaching us if we want to walk in the anointing and the presence and the power and we want him to move, we're going to have to learn to make adjustments and to let the love of God rule rather than our natural human responses. Amen. How many times have we grown jealous? of uh, maybe a family member, uh, something that God's blessed them with, and, and we're not walking in it. How many times have we grown jealous of someone else's gifting, and, and, and maybe we don't have that gifting? How many times have we harbored, you know, this, this is jealousy and, 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 and um, whatever, and that's not God's love. That's not God's response. God wishes the best for everybody, you know? And so um, how many times have we... Um, um, been prideful, bragged about ourselves, me, 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 I, I, I. 
That's not love. Love is not prideful. Love does not boast. The Bible says it. So we need to be very, very careful not to take the glory of God and boast about something that we have in our lives. Because every single thing, good and perfect, comes from where? The Father above. It's not of your doing. It's from the Father. So we have nothing to boast about that he has not given us. It's very important not to steal the glory. Love does not try to seek its own honor. Telling stories so that we can get, you know, the praise, the honor. It's kind of the same thing as pride. But how many times have we been delighted? Ooh, this sounds bad, but it, it might be true for some. How many times have we been delighted when we hear someone else fails because it makes us feel better? That we're not doing that. See, God's just bringing some correction right now so that we can highlight and see which places we need to make adjustments. Where are we outside of love? Because if we're outside of love, we cannot walk in the anointing and the presence that God wants us to walk in. The enemy, because of pride, fell. That's how much God hates pride. That's how much God hates people stealing his glory. So don't get into the avenue of, of, of pride and self-righteousness and justice and all that. That is the enemy's kingdom. We must be people of God's kind of love. How many times have we given up on people that have done us wrong, that have hurt us. And I'm not saying, like, stay in an abusive situation or anything like that. But what I am saying is you can get yourself out of there and by faith forgive the person and walk in love and not wish the worst, but pray for the persecutor. The Bible says pray for those who persecute you. Why? Because God can do something. God can bring the judgment. God can bring the correction and the instruction because he wishes that nobody would perish and that all would come to repentance. Just because someone's hurt you and done you wrong doesn't mean God wishes them to go to hell, and neither should you. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. That's not a pretty picture, but just because they've despitefully used you or gossiped against you or even brutally abused you, God still has power in his love that will cover their multitude of sins. And so his, your job is not to uh, wreak havoc on them or to retaliate on them. Your job is to pray for them that they would come to repentance that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would get all over them. Amen? Each one of those things I listed is outside of the love of God. And, and if we want the gifts of the Spirit operating in and through our lives, which I believe that you wouldn't be in a church like this if you didn't. So if you want the gifts of the Spirit operating in and through your lives, you need to be walking in love because love is what is the motivating force, like I said. It, it's, it's what God... Um, wants to move through is his love to work through us. He says if we don't have love, we might prophesy, we might do this and that, but he said it's like a noisy gong. Is that the right word? <laughs> you know, one of those big symbols. It's, it's not really pleasant to the ears to hear over and over again, okay? So God would rather than you walk in all the gifts of the Spirit, he would rather you first walk in love. And we can practice that in our own homes first. And then we can take it outside. If you can't get it down with the one you love, <laughs> there's some major issues. Love wishes no ill of others. God says if we don't have love, this is scary, but we are nothing. We are of no use to him if we're not walking in his love because it's not going to show the way to him because he is love. Jesus is love personified. Jesus is God's expression of love that covers our sins. If we needed the forgiveness 
so do they need the forgiveness. And how will they know unless you show them? 1 Peter 4.8 says, most important. I like that he starts it off like that. It's the most important. Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So God's way is love. You showing someone forgiveness. Why does someone need forgiveness? They've done wrong. So in the situation where someone's done wrong to you, God says the most important thing for you to do in that situation is to forgive and let love cover the multitude of sins. In Psalms 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our transgressions and our sins from us. And that's how he wants us to walk in love towards others. And I am guilty of bringing up the past from time to time. But thank God, God does not do that to us. He does not bring up the past. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he won't bring it up anymore. Hallelujah. If he did, that would stop us in our tracks from serving him. That would hinder us from serving him. Well, what do you think hinders relationships, humanly speaking? The lack of love. You cannot move forward if you're unwilling to forgive. You cannot move forward if you're holding ought and, and, and the sins that they've done against them. You cannot move forward. But if you will walk in God's kind of love, just like he loved us and we can move forward with him, if you will let God's love cover their multitude of sins, he will remember them no more. You can move forward like, God, nope, I'm not going to think about that. That's just the enemy trying to bring it back up. I forgive them, and I will remember it no more. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Paul is, is praying for believers in Ephesians 3. I'm going to read from two different versions. Um, but Paul is praying for us believers that we would grab hold of this. Like, actually, he's, like, teaching people, this is how I'm walking in the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. This is how you walk, and he's saying it very clearly in this passage, this is how you walk in the fullness of the power of Christ Jesus. And so he prays a prayer that we would get it, that we would understand that we can't walk in that unless we walk in love. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, may you have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of Christ is. I pray that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge, like our minds can't comprehend, that you would be filled with the full measure of the fullness. Of God. I'm going to read another passage here. I mean, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19 again. And you, I pray that you would have the power to understand, as all God's people should. This is something we need to get. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. I pray that you would experience the love of Christ, that though it's too great to ever really fully understand. I pray that you would be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I like that it connects us walking in the fullness of life and power. And God also brings it up when he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. If you have all these things, but you don't have love, you are nothing. Love was the motivating force between, um, of everything Jesus did here on the earth. Every miracle, every sign, every wonder was motivated by love, and not one of them deserved it. But love covered the multitude of sins. Love covered. The, the, love forgave and shut the door on the enemy. Amen? And I love that he took, as an example, I'm sure there are many, 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 many examples in the word and, and many that weren't even written down, but how God used these examples. I, I like Paul or Saul to Paul. Or the, you know, the woman at the well or, or the man next to him on the, on, the, on the cross. Every single one of them 
had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of them definitely didn't deserve God's love. It's nothing that we can earn. That's the thing. His love covers us. It washes us clean. If we're willing to receive his love, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive his love. His love comes in and it washes us clean. And if we sin, we have an advocate now with Jesus Christ. And if we'll just confess our sin, he's faithful through his love to cleanse you and wash you clean again. Thank you, Lord. But here's the thing we need to get as people and children of God is he says, I want you to love others the way I've loved you. That's even when we didn't deserve it. I want you to love your spouse, love your brother and sister, or love your enemies when they don't deserve it, not when they do. Just lavish your love on them when they really treat you good. That's when you do it. No, he says the opposite. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you and curse you. Well, I don't feel like it. That's besides the point. That's God's way that he can intervene if we will love. If we are willing to love the way he first loved us, the Holy Spirit will have free reign to work in and through you. Hallelujah. How has he shown his love for us? He forgave us when we didn't deserve it. He died for us. Thank God he holds no record of wrongs. His mercies are new every morning. We may fall and fall again, but we can confess our sin in sincerity. Not, you know, taking him for granted, but in sincerity. And he will wash us clean again. Amen. Holding no record of wrongs. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It doesn't give up. It doesn't stop. His mercies never come to an end. Thank you, Jesus. They're new every morning. Every morning. Some of us have something to learn, don't we? Sometimes we get tired of being hurt over and over and over again, but yet God's love doesn't get exhausted. It forgives. Actually, he taught a lesson, and I'm going to share it in a second, but he tells us how many times we ought to forgive. How many times would he forgive us? And he brings it to an extremity of 70 times 7 a day. If someone's sitting against you 490 times a day, it's pretty bad. But God says, even in that situation, keep loving, keep forgiving. You know, unforgiveness is, is a, a major foothold to the enemy that he loves to get in to, to kill, steal, and destroy, even your physical body. Unforgiveness, anger, um, um, all that actually is permission for the enemy to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, so love, the reason God has us walking in love is because it's for our own protection as well. As well as to lead them to the Lord. So maybe your answer is, but I've had these things done to me. But they don't deserve it. Did we deserve it? No, we didn't deserve God's love. And so maybe somebody doesn't deserve it. Well, maybe they're an actual full-on blown enemy. They, they've hurt you. They've done you wrong. They hate you. They despitefully use you. They gossip about you. Even in that extreme situation, and I've been in some of those situations where I've had things done to me, and I didn't want to walk in love, but I know that love is what covers the multitude of sins. I know that love is what can bring that person to repentance. That's what does it for me. And so we have to show love if we want God to deal with the situation anyways. And so your best bet is to not retaliate, is to not respond out of anger or resentment or rage or violence or, or anything else. Your best response is to, if you need to, get away with the Lord and say, Lord, let the love of God be shed abroad in my heart towards this situation. 
Lord, let your love shine through me. Let your love lead the way because my natural human love just can't do it. (laughs) We're supposed to be children of God letting his love shine through us, loving the way he first loved us. And so God just bringing some... it do us good to study on love and see how he responds to things and how he responded to, like, the worst of sinners. So Mark 12, 30 and 31, he says, he tells us how much we should love and how we should love. And he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, with all of your strength. That's the first commandment. The first and the greatest. Give God your all, right? But then he says the second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. What would you want done to you? How would you want someone to forgive you? How would you want someone to hold things against you? God says this is as equally as important as how much you're loving God. You're here. You're loving God. You're lavishing your love on him. You're singing, oh, how we love you. Oh, we love you. But your neighbor, or you could say maybe your neighbor's your enemy. There's been times like that, right? <laughs> um, or maybe your spouse at the time is your enemy. Or maybe your you know, child is, is treating you like an enemy. Whatever the situation, God says, as much as you love me, I want you to love them. And have we done that? You know, we can think of probably times we didn't respond like that. We didn't love like that. But God considers this as equally as powerful of a command as he does loving him. They're equally the same importance to God. Isn't that really, really powerful? In God's eyes, he sees it just as important for you to serve him, love him, and be obedient to him as it is to love and pray for those who hurt you and do you wrong and respond and not hold things against them. Why? Because he knows what it's what's going to lead them to repentance is walking in love. If you're a Christian and you see another Christian fall, to ridicule them, to judge them, to put them down, not that I'm not, um, haven't been perfect my whole life with, with never doing that, you know, and we have like little judgments in our heart, like, oh, what did they do, you know, whatever. But that's outside of love. And God wants us to love others the way he loved us. And so... Um, you know, we need to think about how would God respond? <laughs> what did Jesus die for? It was to cover them. And so we need to not to baby a sin. We can love the sinner like Jesus did, but not like the sin. But our job isn't to judge their sin because there's only one person who can judge, and that's God, right? But to walk in love, forgiveness, not offense, and let them go. Let, give them to the Lord and then just choose that I'm going to walk in peace and love towards that other person. Proverbs 25, 21, and 22 says, if your enemy is hungry, this is what God's telling us to do. In a situation where someone's hurting you, this is what he says. So you're like, Lord, this person's been hurting me. God, this person's been judging me. God, this person has been ridiculing me. Lord, what do I do, Lord? Help me, Lord. And his response is this to you. If your enemy's hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, get him some water to drink. Like, how's that going to fix the problem? It's just God's way. It's what won us over is the fact that he didn't reject us because we were living ugly. In doing this, he says, you will burn heaping hot coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you for responding in this kind of way. In other words, God's the one who puts the burning coals on their head. You judging them, you blaming them, you pointing out their faults and failures isn't going to be what burns upon their head. It's you walking in love and them feeling the conviction, power of the Holy Spirit come upon them to deal with the situation. It's that love that brings them to the repentance. It's not for us to judge what they deserve. God expects us no matter what to walk in love and he will deal with them. He says love will burn upon their heads. God will deal with it. He's the judge. 
We need to stop. If, if we want God to work things out, the Bible says all things work together for the good to those who love God, right? But if we want God to work things out for our good in situations that are not so pretty, what we need to do is learn to walk in his kind of love. Why? What are we doing in that sense? We're, we're giving God permission and open door to come in and work things out for us for our good. By walking in the kind of love. Look at, look at how he turned lives around and it was all through love. It wasn't because he brought judgment on the man on the cross. It wasn't because he brought judgment to the woman at the well or the woman um, who is going to be stoned or David, you know, um, um, for, for his falling out. It was his love that turned them to repentance. And that's what we need to respond in love, even though it's not easy all the time. Ask God for grace and strength to let the love of God shine through you so that God can have permission in the situation to work things out for our good. Amen? So what does God's love look like? This is a passage we all might know, but let's take a really close look and think about where, not to bring condemnation, but, but conviction of the Holy Spirit to think of where maybe we may have been missing it so we can correct it, get back into love. Love is patient. Oh, I already failed. <laughs> Love is kind. Fail again. Anybody else? Okay, you're all perfect. All right. Perfect in all of your ways. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Is it talking about just when someone treats you kindly? No, it's not. Love is patient when someone's really rude. You're still patient. You don't have to pass them up and flip them off. <laughs> Love is patient. The Bible says if your hand wants to sin, cut it off. Well, somebody needs to cut off their hand. Love does not boast and it is not proud. It's right up there at the top. God does not like pride and boasting. Everything good and perfect comes from God. Your giftings, your anointings, all from God. You want to taint what God has, has planned for you? Then get into pride. You want to hinder what God wants to do through you? Then start bragging. It does not dishonor others disrespect others it's not self-seeking and it is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs well i'm definitely not perfect in those areas i have some work to do love does not delight in evil but rejoices when the truth comes out love always protects love always trusts love always hopes for the best and always perseveres, like love keeps on moving forward. Love trusts and believes for the best. He says love never fails. It, it means if you're willing to walk in love when it's to the hardest, you're willing to forgive or you're willing to trust when it looks like totally untrustworthy, you're willing to move forward and let the past be the past and not bring up old records of wrongs. God says love will prevail. God says love will work that thing out. Love can heal and cover the multitude of sins. Maybe there is sin and there is actual legitimate hurts that have been done to you. But God says if you walk in love, it will cover that. It will heal. It will bind up the brokenhearted. It will set the captive free, and it will bring deliverance. We preach what Jesus said. He said, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest to, to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal, to deliver, to save, and to set free. That was all love. So when we love with God's kind of love, what can it can do? It can heal. It can bind up the broken heart. It can set the captive free. Because the love of God is shining through us and working. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be um, stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. When I was a child, I talked as a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put all of these childish things behind me. Now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known. And now these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. But God puts the biggest weight upon this last one. The greatest of these is love. The most important thing you can do in life, <laughs> that's what he's saying, is walk in the God kind of love. Not just towards your spouse, not just towards your brother or sister, but also towards your enemy. Remember, love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is equally as important as loving God. And that's what he said in his word. Love doesn't give up. Like I said, it forgives 70 times 7. Are you willing to forget, let it go. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard it said, love your enemies and hate your, um, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. In other words, this is what the father would do. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get that doesn't please God? And are not even the tax collectors doing that? In other words, these evil men, evil men in this world, can even love those who love them. That's not hard. But where we have an issue is loving those who are unlovely towards us. Or loving those who are unlovely in the world even. That's what he's asking us to do. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than the others in the world? Do not even pagans do that? They greet their own company. They walk in love towards their own company. God says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect in what? In love. Showing love. Demonstrating God's love, which forgives which heals, which binds up the brokenhearted, which sets the captives free, which loved us even when we didn't deserve it. When people don't deserve it, they treat us rudely, badly. God says, walk in kindness. Walk in forgiveness. Don't hold it against them. By doing this, you will be showing the love of your heavenly Father. Amen? Romans 12, 9 through 13, he says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't put a smiley face on and then really have awe in your heart towards them, wishing them the worst because they've done you wrong. Because people, anybody can do that, put a fake smiley face on. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what is wrong, that's fine. You don't love what, you know, has been done. But hold tightly to that which is good. Like, God wants them to eternally be blessed. That he wants them to come to heaven, okay? So love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard at serving the Lord with enthusiasm. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep praying even when it looks hopeless. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them, always eager to practice hospitality. He's just teaching us different ways and what love looks like. Romans 12, 17 through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Under no circumstances is that okay with God. Because he says, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So if someone's done you wrong, show, say, Lord, show me how to walk in love. What does love look like in this situation, Lord? Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. <laughs> Let God be the judge. Let God deal with it. 
By you not intervening, you give room for God to deal with it. But when you intervene, you actually get in the way of God dealing with it. How many people would want to run to God if you're a Christian and you're judging them and you're condemning them for how they're living? Do they want to turn to God? No. What they want to do is run away and, 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 and ridicule Christianity. But when we walk in love and forgiveness and acceptance and like Jesus had his arms open wide to the prodigal son who was out there living like dirt, in the dirt. Love embraces and covers it even if there's a multitude of sins. Love shows mercy. Love shows forgiveness. Love shows kindness even when it's undeserved. So he says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if you're, this is, he's saying it again in a different passage here, the same thing I read before. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So what is his answer to you? Lord, this person's done this wrong to me. This person's holding this against me. This person's been, been hurting me. Lord, what do I do? His response is show kindness, show mercy, show forgiveness, walk in love. Why? Because in doing this, you open up the gateway for the Lord to come in and, 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 and the fire of God can rest on them and just deal with the situation. We can't change people, but God can. Amen. Did it, isn't it God's love who changed you? Isn't it God's love who made you into a new creation? Isn't it God's love who washed away your sins as far as the east is from the west? So it's that same love of God that can heal and restore relationships and marriages and families. And it's the same love of God that can bring your enemy to repentance and and. and come and, and apologize to you. I don't know what got into me. I don't know why I've been acting like that. God can deal in the situation where we can walk in love, where we walk in love. So we can see clearly God's definition of love <laughs> is so much different than human nature's way of love. And, and, and God doesn't look gracefully upon those who only show love towards those who show love towards them. Because he said, isn't that the same thing as the pagans can do? Those who aren't walking with me can show that kind of love. But those who hurt us, who do us wrong, ask the Lord, how can I walk in love towards them? What does your love look like in this situation, God? It could even be in your own home. Lord, what does your love look like in this situation? Why should we do that? Well, that's what God did for us. And... Then you give permission for the Holy Spirit to burn on their, Lord, let them burn. <laughs> let the coals burn. <laughs> That's not going to happen if you're intervening and trying to fix the situation, right? You're going to cause more trouble than good by retaliating and responding out of hatred or resentment or pride or whatever. Walk in love, not just fake, but real God kind of love, and watch the Holy Spirit work. He says, God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, those who love him are supposed to be walking in love. And then God can work things together for your good. If you're interfering and getting in strife and division, the Bible says every evil work is there. You've now given place to the enemy. Where there's anger, resentment, pride, the enemy's at work. So he wants us to stay in love so we don't let the enemy into the situation. It's hard enough without him having an open door, right? Fight the good fight of faith. We're going to be fighting no matter what, but it's a whole lot easier to fight him when he's outside of your camp. Don't give him place. Romans 5.5 5 says this, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He's not asking you to do this on your own strength. 
It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. It's by the love of God in you. You have it in you if you have Jesus. You have the ability to respond in love, to forgive, to not hold it against those people. You have that ability. It's just like you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It was a step of faith. Feelings follow. It's faith. You forgive in faith. You walk in love and kindness in faith. It doesn't mean you feel like doing it. But when you are obedient to God and say, yes, Lord, in obedience to him to respond with his kind of love to a situation that's hurtful, then God has permission to intervene in the situation, to deal with the people. You're not walking in love in spite either. You're walking in true love because you know this is the only thing that's going to work. Amen. God's love was placed on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says he lives in us. So we don't have obligation to respond in our flesh, the word of God says. We now can respond by the power of the Spirit and his love. Amen? Through his love that lives in us. I want to pray a prayer for you, kind of like Paul prayed. And I just pray that God would deal with, and I'm sure the scriptures did it already, but God would deal with us in different situations where we're not doing that, where we're not walking in love. Who, who here do you feel like God's kind of showing you a few things already? A couple people. Um, man, it's like every day I would read a passage, and I'd be like, oh, oh, no, no. I got a ways to go. But Lord, I surrender. Lord, I will. Yes, Lord. I recognize where I got it wrong. Maybe we feel justified, but we still ought not to respond outside of love. If we want the Holy Spirit and his gifts to be working through us, if we don't want to be a noisy gong to the Lord, we need to walk in love. If we walk in love, we'll see God work in our situations. We'll see more people coming to repentance, coming to the Lord. So just ask the Lord, Lord, show me. What does love like, your love, look like in this situation? Help me to walk in love. So I'm going to pray this prayer over you, and then we're going to get ready to take up our tithes and offerings. So just, I'm going to pray this prayer over you, but then on your own, talk to the Lord about it. Say, Lord, I repent for not walking in love. I repent for, you know, whatever. Lord, show me where I'm outside of love so that you can repent and, and get back in line with, with the Lord's heart. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for each one of these people here, Lord. We're here because we love you, Lord. And, Father, I just pray right now, let the love of God that you've placed on the inside of us, let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, towards our families, towards our coworkers, towards our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and also, Lord, towards our enemies. Let your love, Lord, take preeminence in our lives, Lord. And Father, I pray, as Paul prayed, that we would have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how far and long-reaching, how high and how deep your love truly is, that it just covers anything and everything. No matter how big, how wide, how long, how deep, the hurt is your love covers it. No matter how big, how wide, or how high, or how deep the sin is, Lord, your love covers it, Lord. Let us have the knowledge of how big your love is. Let us experience, Lord, your love, though it is too great to ever fully understand. Lord, so that we can be made full and complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from Christ. Lord, we want to walk in the fullness of what you have for us as a child of God and in the life and the spirit and power of God. But Lord, we know this is all done through your love. So Father, I pray, pour out your love upon us. Lavish your love upon us. Lord, I just ask you to reveal to each one of us any area, Lord, as we study on love, Lord, any area, show us where we are outside of love so that we can bring correction to that. Show us how to respond in your kind of love to these situations so that we can stay in your perfect will 
and so that people are turned to you, God. Help us, Lord, to walk in your kind of love. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a work in progress. Not perfect, but we strive for perfection, right? As God leads us, we follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He is teaching us through the word of God what love looks like. So, Lord, lead us and guide us by your love. And then take time this afternoon. If God's shown you some things, get those sorted out with the Lord. Bring correction and, and get back in line so that God can use you the way he wants to. I'm going to go ahead and take up tonight.